The Church Media Podcast, episode 156, Beautifully Broken with Plum, part one. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. Exclusive interviews and church media training from the best minds in ministry and Christian entertainment. Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, lighting, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Episode number 156 of the podcast. Our team has been cranking away at custom media work. Over the last few months, we've produced custom content for dozens of churches every single week. We've also served several ministries, including Seeds Family Worship, uh, Seedbed, Answers in Genesis, Yancey Ministries, the South Carolina Southern Baptist Association we just did some stuff for, and a host of other clients. Uh, We have some great custom media packages on our website. You can check those out at 1230.media. We've bundled graphic design and video content together uh, to give you the best bang for your buck when needing a sermon series or other project. So if you're needing any custom work done for your sermon series or ministry event, conference, camp, anything, we've got you covered. Check us out at 1230.media. We're also launching a brand new arm of our ministry called The Youth Room. We're starting slow with some new blog posts aimed directly at student pastors and leaders. We're launching The Youth Room podcast also in the coming weeks. I spoke with the co-host of that podcast, my buddy Trevor Miller. Here's a little bit of our chat. Hey guys, on the line with me right now, my buddy Trevor Miller, who's our Director of Product Development at 1230. Trevor, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? How you doing? So, podcast, the Youth Room podcast, hosted by you and yeah. our boy Daniel Stavanis. We call him Stal. Yeah. Stallion. Yep. Uh, yeah, baby. So, uh, give me a little taste of what the podcast is all going to be about. Yeah, so, so the goal here is, you know, uh, Daniel and I, between the two of us, we've been friends for a long time, knew each other in college, but we have, between us, almost 20 years of youth ministry experience. And so, one of the things we really wanted to do was, um, begin to discover how can we hopefully uh, come alongside churches and youth workers and help them um, from, as a resource to them to help them do youth ministry the best way possible. And so we feel like one of the best ways we can do that is hopefully we'll get in front of them and share with them some of the things we've done that's really worked well, and then maybe some of the things we've done that's not worked very well, and hopefully start a conversation and create a community where we could all get better and better with each other. So give me a taste of some of the topics that you guys will share on the Youth Room Podcast. Yeah, so um, we really want the, this podcast to be a place that's not just um, you know, practical, we want it to be entertaining as well. And so we're trying as hard as we can to figure out ways to introduce really practical topics, but do it in a really fun way. And so we're going to talk about everything from like, what are the five best foods to use for your next food eating game within your youth ministry. We also want to get as practical as talking about what's it look like to realize that your youth ministry space is a sacred space, a thin space between uh, God and students where they can meet him in a real kind of way. And so we really want it to be fun. Uh, we want to be interactive. We want to create conversation. And we want to do it in a really uh, simple and quick format, too. We want, don't want somebody sitting there for you know, 67 minutes listening to a podcast. We think we can do it in a much shorter time frame. Yeah. Now, the podcast is kind of a part of a family of products that we're offering to 
yeah. student leaders, youth pastors. Um, so kind of we talked about this a little bit last week, but give me yeah. give me a list of what we're offering through the youth room resources. Yeah, so aside from this podcast, there's also going to be a blog, and that blog is going to be uh, not just Daniel and I, but it's going to be some friends of ours who are doing some really great work in youth ministry as well. We want to share that with everybody. And then beyond that, there's going to be uh, worship media that people can grab right off the shelf, off the website, to be able to utilize in their student ministry um, from a teaching standpoint or a game standpoint, just any kind of way we can help resource the actual program time. And then also there's going to be custom mediums still. So as we've been doing custom media in a really great way for churches for a while, um, we want to start offering that specifically to youth pastors and youth workers as well. So if they want to create a camp or an experience of some kind, we can help make it specifically the way they want it. All right, so take us to how we can. We haven't, uh, we're, we're in the process of launching all of these different efforts. So the blog podcast. Yeah. Uh, we have some student ministry worship media on the site now, and we do yeah. offer custom media to student ministries around the world. Uh, but tell me where uh, the podcast specifically is going to live. So the podcast is going to live on the website as well. So there's going to be a link that you can use from the website to get to the podcast. Um, it's going to be a uh, bi-monthly thing, and so there'll be videos that are released kind of intermittent with different blogs that are released as well, and hopefully we'll work in tandem with one another to create really great resources. Yeah, so YouTube and then our website. Uh, the URL yeah. to go to is 1230.media forward slash the youth room. Uh, that's 1230.media forward slash the youth room. Trevor, thanks, buddy. Oh, sorry. Oh, We're also going to be living on Instagram as well. So the youth yeah. room um, yeah. on Instagram, you can look that up, and we'll have uh, resources there as well, hopefully be able to be in front of you kind of uh, all throughout the week as well. Yeah, exactly. All social platforms. So we'll be on Insta, right. uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and all that. Yep. Thank you guys so much for all that you're doing to support us. We hope and pray that the content and training that we're providing uh, is helping you transform the worship experiences at your church. That's what we're all about. Uh, so thank you so much for your prayers and support and listening to the podcast and being involved in our community. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to jump right into my interview with recording artist Plum right after this. Check this out. Hey, guys, I want to take a minute to tell you about our friends over at SundayMag.tv. It's a free online magazine for pastors and church leaders exploring ways that you can grow your church and engage your community from Sunday to Sunday. I have the privilege of writing for the magazine quite often, so I want to encourage you to check out their articles and training resources over at sundaymag.tv. They have articles on communication, creativity, leadership, tech, worship, and more. It's all free. Just head over to sundaymag.tv to check them out, sundaymag.tv. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is Church Media Coach Carl Barnhill. Tiffany Lee, better known as Plum, is a songwriter, recording artist, performer, and author. She sold more than 500,000 albums and over 2 million singles worldwide. She has co-penned songs for artists like Mandisa, Mandy Moore, Natalie Grant, and others. She's also lent her voice to word-for-word -word scripture songs with our friends over at Seeds Family Worship. Her latest book, Fight for Her, and her new album, Beautifully Broken, are both available now. Plum, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. 
Now, I want to jump in by talking about your new book, Fight for Her. This is your, your second book, and this one's really for, for women, right? Tell me how the book came about for you. Uh, I was writing um, the book for mothers and daughters originally, and then I just had this kind of uh, sweep of conviction that kind of came over me that was like, you know what, we're all daughters. This isn't just for women who have daughters. Um, we are all daughters. This is for all women. And it took a little bit of a shift in the writing, um, and the title came about when my daughter was about three years old, and uh, she was pitching a fit about something um, seemingly benign, and it was probably over a pair of shoes <laughs> mm-hmm. and getting ready to leave. And um, I remember saying to her, I will fight for you even if I have to fight you. And I was correcting her and not letting her have a bad attitude and be disrespectful about you know the shoes that she was wearing and getting to the car on time. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, that's a book one day. And because mm-hmm. I said it to her, um, and the dynamic of how I had a, a mother that was willing to fight with me because ultimately she was fighting for me. I, you know, as I started to pen the book, I was like, you know, this is going to be mothers and daughters. This is going to draw them closer together, et cetera. And then I got into it and I was like, wait a minute. This is a book actually meant to revolu- revolutionize the way women communicate with each other. Mm. Um, we can be catty, we can gossip, we can compare. Um, but if we knew how to be motivated by the Holy Spirit and be able to speak truth in love to each other, um, wow, like how different the world would be. And I, I have an experience of the way my mom was with me, how I am with my daughter, but also, um, I have some friendships in my life. My very first book talks about it's the story of my life, but one of the key um, components is the the demise and then the rebuild of my marriage. My marriage fell apart. We were getting a divorce and had separated and met with lawyers. And consequently, by God's grace, we ended up remarrying each other all over again. Even though we never legally divorced, we ended up having a whole new wedding. It's, it's just this really redemptive story. And in writing the book... Um, originally, like that particular element, as I got into the, the just the idea of writing this one, it was kind of burst out of when writing that. There's a chapter in that book dedicated to my best friend, and uh, I call her my own Cece Bloom. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever seen the movie Beaches. It's an old movie from the 90s, but um, the friendship in that book um, man, she spoke truth to me. And right after my husband had left and there were some terrible things going on, uh, I was going on and on and on and on about how awful my husband was. And she listened, and then she sympathized a little bit. And as I was crying, she was crying, and she said, you know, I want reconciliation for you guys. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know. And I'm crying and crying. And I'm like, he's so awful. Can you believe he did this and this? And she pauses, and she goes, you're hard to be friends with. Mm. And I was like, whoa, you know, you're kicking me when I'm down. And she said, no, no, I'm being a good friend. Um, he's this, this marriage, you know, if there's any hope for it, you can't stay the same. You can't be the same girl. And you've, you know, you've contributed to this regardless of your percentage, whether it's, you know, more or less, you have contributed to some brokenness. And here's, from my standpoint, here's some of it. And it was so, so hard to swallow. 
But I realized she was fighting for me, and it involved fighting with me. She was standing up for me by standing up to me. And I was like, you know what? My mom had to do that, and I've had to do that with my daughter, and I've had to do that in other friendships, and that's been done to me with some other friendships. But this specific friendship has had more of those moments than others. And so after that book was written, and God certainly used her to help me change for God's glory, not just to get him back, but to to be more like the woman I think he wanted me to be in the first place. Um, That really spoke to me while writing this book um, for women. It was like, you know what? We We need to know each other, and we need to be able to speak truth, but it needs to be in love, but it needs to be motivated by the Holy Spirit. And when those things don't line up, it is just criticism. It is just hurt. And um, and it's not just about hurting each other. It's about how to build each other up, how to, how to hold each other accountable, how to encourage each other, but also to be able to say, what are you doing? Hmm. And, um, and, and it was, I think it was Shelly Giglio, I want to say. I don't know if, I don't know if she made this up or she just posted it from somewhere else, but there was a post on Instagram that said, you know, I want to be the girl that is fixing another girl's crown instead of telling everybody else that hers is messed up. Hmm. And, um, you know, men men are different. They communicate more directly and um, they're less emotional about it. And there's so many things we could learn from men about the way they communicate sometimes. But then, of course, obviously they can learn more from us about certain details and um, certain heart, you know, issues. But um, I just wanted to, to encourage, and so I wrote it in a small um, a small group discussion, um, not, not from that vantage point, but that there are small group discussions at the end where you could just have that for yourself. You could have that with a friend that you're reading the book with. You could have a small group that you are meeting with. And this, the chapters are short because I don't like really long chapters. It's just the way I read I don't like super long books. I love to read, but then I want to be done with a book in a weekend um, if I'm going to read the whole thing. Um, But if I'm going to do it as a book study, I have done so many book studies, and there's like, you know, a 20-page chapter or something, and it gets to the the week of the book meeting, and you're like, I didn't finish or I didn't read. And you can't just like, let me me read that really quick. Um, And so I was like, you know what, I want people to actually be able to, to tackle this. And I want this to really be part of a revolution that women love each other better. And um, so fight for her, even if you have to fight her. And you know what? You may have a daughter. You may one day have a daughter. But no matter what, you are a daughter, and so is the girl in the cubicle next to you at work or in the classroom down the hall from your teaching you know, classroom or the same nurse on your floor or, you know, your next-door neighbor. Um, you know, in your apartment complex, like take somebody to coffee, you know, hear their story before you just pull, you know, kind of hold your, your arm out and say, ah, no, I'm not going to be friends with her or that you're judging her or that you're gossiping about her. Um, you could be God's tool to speaking truth into her life and it changing her life for such a great purpose. And so I just, I want to be, I want to be more that way. And I want, to be part of my daughter growing up in a generation more that way. So the book is also for anywhere from, you know, 13, 12, 13 years old up to, you know, 100. Um, I'm pretty direct about some pretty um, specific things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm not a super, uh, 
you know, filtered person. I talk about some really, really hard things that I went through and how God worked in those. But there are things that I feel like, you know, young girls, 12, 13 years old, need to start thinking about. And uh, I opened the book with a story of um, being at a party when I was 16 where I shouldn't have been. And um, I was offered the opportunity to make some choices that I should not have been making. And there was a voice up into my brain, and it said, no, Mom. And it was a little girl's voice. And I was a little freaked out by that. I was 16 years old, and I ended up leaving the party and going home. And fast forward um, years and years and years, I would hear that voice periodically throughout my life. And when I was 33, uh, I had a daughter and did not know I was having a daughter. I didn't find out what I was having before I had her. I had two boys, thought I was having another boy. And when I met her, I looked at her. And the first words out of my mouth besides, I love you, was, hi, I've known you my whole life, and you've saved my life so many times. And although God, you know, was using her voice, and obviously that was the Lord, man, he's, he's been using her in my life since I was a girl, a young girl. And I just want young girls to think we live in a digital imprint world, which was not the case for me when I was 16. Um, so even more so now that the things that you do, the things that you say, the, the pictures that you post, the, you know, all of that, um, they do have more of a, a lifespan than, than they did years ago. And it's just so important to be thoughtful of what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're wearing, where you're going. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have real friends, if you don't have true fight for her friends, um, that's going to be hard. And we need those. And so it's going to be hard even when you have those, but it's, it's a good kind of hard. And so that's, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Now, you, you juggle a, a really busy t- touring schedule and, and family and writing and all kinds of things. And you're talking to church media folks, and we have a lot of women um, that serve in production or communications at a church that listen to uh, this podcast. And uh, so w- what are some maybe some things that you've struggled with in that balancing act that might be warnings for us? Or what are some things that you've learned that might be of help for, uh, you know, to us? Well, I um, have learned to be more intentional. Um, and I'm, I'm a visual person. And so for me, um, I have a very old school, you know, big desk calendar on the wall right before you walk out the door of our home. Um, that although I have, you know, a Google calendar on my iPhone, there is this huge calendar on my wall. And it's not just to tell me we have church today or Clementine has clogging lessons or, you know, somebody has a birthday and mommy has a show. It is color. I use color pencils and everybody in my home has a different color so that we can see what everyone's doing. Um, but it's more to look at the landscape of, you know, a month at a time and see if the priorities are on there. Mm. Is there church on there? Is there date night with my husband? Is there one-on-one time with my children? Is there time with our friends at all? You know, just the things that that matter in our lives that no matter how busy we get. um, And so that is just a huge thing. It's also hugely helpful for um, our family because of me touring, um, my gifting is more in like, um, you know, obviously husbands and wives have different roles and some of ours are a little untraditional. Um, I definitely am the one that takes the trash out 
Um, I hate trash in trash cans, but I also am the one that keeps the calendar. And those are just things that come more natural for me. And my husband and I learned very early on that, um, you know what? Our normal is our normal. And so whatever your normal is, that's okay. Um, to be able to communicate that openly with each other and say, listen, this comes, you know, my husband's more of a morning person, so he makes breakfast more often. But, you know, I'm, like I said, more likely to be the one taking the trash out and, you know, making sure everybody is where it needs to be where they uh, or is where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And so because of touring, that calendar is hugely helpful for my husband who isn't super organized that way. And he can look at it when he's walking out the door and go, ah, that's right, Clementine has clogging today or Solomon has football practice. Um, things that when I'm home, I oversee that. That is kind of my job to make sure they're at their specific, you know, thing. Or if there's a consistent thing that happens every week, anything like that, it's on there. And, you know, as well as my shows or, you know, anything that's big, my husband has a business trip or whatever, it's there for our kids to see, for us to see. Um, But for those two reasons, mostly, that my husband isn't having to try to, you know, do both. And I think if you do travel at all, um, or if it's late nights or it's wonky schedules timing-wise um, that, you know, normally, or, or let's just say maybe you have a husband or, or a wife, either one, that much like our home, if you're, you know, your husband is more the morning person, but he has to be at the church really early because of blah, 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 or is out on the road for whatever reason, um, that you help each other. And so, the way I do that with my husband is that when I'm physically gone to, you know, who knows where, there's an element of my presence still home when I'm still texting that reminder that says, hey, don't forget to check the calendar. You know, so-and-so is coming over today or such-and-such is happening or the the exterminator is coming by, you know, whatever. But I don't just check out um, because I'm gone or I don't just check out because I'm, you know, too busy. Or I don't just not do something because it's not my thing. There are times that I make breakfast, but he's better at it. And so just finding your finding your strengths and being able to say, you know what, no matter what the world has kind of told you is the norm, find out what your norm is and just accept that. And your your life will be a whole lot. I mean, man, I was trying to be Betty Homemaker when we were newlyweds and new parents. Our children are 9, 11, and 13 now, but... When they were babies, I was trying to be Betty Homemaker while touring. And my husband kept, kept saying, you know, I know it's an expense. I know that it seems like a luxury, but we really need somebody once a week to come in and just do a, a clean. because Not because you're, you know, incapable of cleaning, and it's not because that when you clean you don't do a good job. It's just that because of your schedule and my schedule, that little area kind of gets overlooked or if it doesn't, it's stressing you completely out, and it's not getting done, or it's affecting our home in a negative way. And I, man, I pushed that off because of pride for a long time, mm. and then I had to accept that our normal is that sometimes we need help with things. And so just count, being intentional and calendars, and and um, there's a book out by Patrick Lencioni that's called um, Three Questions for a Frantic Family, and it's written as kind of a it's a fictitious story. Um, but boy, is it helpful that he gives you some tools to manage your home and your lifestyle better, whether you're single or whether you're married with 17 kids. And I love it because we use a lot of the, the points that are made in that because, 
you know, certain people in certain kinds of jobs and certain kinds of careers, it is a little left of center. It is a little different than mom and dad going to a job nine to five and everybody's home, you know, at five o'clock and all weekend. You know, there are, there are production and media elements that just, they require different hours. And so just finding your normal and being able to execute what, what that looks like and who does what is, man, it's transformed our lives. And so when people say, how do you balance it all? I say, I don't, I try. And this is how. Yeah. And so that that book, when it combined with you know calendars and intentionality, our our normal is how we kind of do it, That's and we good. we nail it sometimes. And then sometimes, whew, we'll have a month where we've been like passing ships in the night, and we're like, hey, 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 we haven't had a date in six weeks. That's against the rules. Come on now, we're gonna yeah. go out. So, yeah, that's good. Um, uh, okay, let's talk about production uh, from a performer uh, standpoint for a minute. So, so you've done a hundred plus shows. Uh, a year performing across the country and everywhere. Let's talk to the production team. What are some things that you want to maybe encourage tech leaders that they might not normally hear from a performer? Wow. I don't know if I've ever been asked that question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You know, communication, it's easy to assume that you have correct information, but and I have never, ever been the least bit insulted by someone checking with me to make sure and then fill in the blank, whether it's um, there's a new lyric video that we're going to, you know, post and someone actually reading the words and making sure <laughs> that it's right yeah. um, or asking questions about um, lighting and um like what my expectation is. Like I, I love when those questions get asked. Um, there's no dumb question, um, and there really isn't with that kind of stuff. Because the more the more questions you ask, um, the better it can be. Because I think that all of that comes together. You know, when, when you're like for for instance, when I'm putting on a show, I have an agenda. Hopefully, it is motivated by the Lord um, that I have a message to communicate. I have an experience that I'm wanting the audience to have. And, you know, the wrong technical um, expectation can really, you know, God's obviously bigger than that and certainly limiting him. But um, you can be like, man, why was there a spotlight on me during this time? Why didn't someone ask? You know, or and just having open communication and asking questions. And so to sit down and say, hey, Oh, what, the overarching expectation here is what? Do you want it to be theatrical? Do you want it to be intimate? Is this more storytellers or is this, you know, more Broadway? Like, what's what's the energy of this? And so that, that everybody's kind of on the same page and set lists are talked about. And there's water and there's towels for when you sweat. <laughs> and, um, you know, that you know... Um, you know the heart of the person by it. And so that may be one person asking that question and then kind of communicating to the team, hey, this is this is the goal this evening from their perspective, and so let's try to help make that happen because it really is a team effort. It is not about one person, and um, I certainly can't do it without front of house and monitors and lighting and, you know, video content and lyric, you know, videos and just – the whole shebang and just being able to feel like 
you're not out there by yourself, but that, okay, everybody's kind of aware of what the goal is here, and they're on board. Um, and so um, communication and, mm-hmm. and questions, 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 and um, I can't say it enough. So. Yeah. And I don't have that luxury sometimes, and sometimes it's, it's my own team, and I do. But then there's times when you have to really trust, and that's why I emphasize questions, because when it's not a well-oiled machine, if it's not a tour that I'm a part of every single night with the same people that, you know, that know the answers to those questions, it's great to have someone say, hey, uh, can we just have a few minutes of your time and get kind of an overarching theme on these areas right. so that we can help meet that expectation? Um, man, that that means a lot. That means a lot to the person fronting all of that, because even though you're the front person, it's not about you. It's not just about you. And yeah. everyone's input is so incredibly important and valuable and necessary and and beautiful. Like, it's just really a, a beautiful combination of gifts and, you know, a picture, a, another angle of the church. And so, um, yeah, questions, questions, questions. So you mentioned video a little bit. Uh, we have a lot of guys that create their own content. We create a lot of uh, lyric content, different content for churches. Do you prefer to be on a click with a lyric video, or do you prefer like a, a flex file where you can kind of turn another course if you wanted to? What's your what's your preference there? Well, I um, my music director and the band, we've usually talked prior to, and then he's kind of the voice um, to anyone else about what the plan is there. Um, and so, so when, and I don't lead a lot of, um, you know, I definitely have worship songs in my sets as far as, far as you know, how you can, okay, we're just going to do that chorus again, that kind of thing. Um, I don't do as much of, mine is a little more um, controlled and directed in a certain way mm-hmm. just because, hey, we have this many minutes, this is the, the songs we're going to do. Right. And I I want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, we're going to skip that song or we're going to do that song again. Um, but I tend to work with a lot of tracks, and so uh, sometimes you don't have the luxury of just going right back into a chorus right. or whatever. But um, there are, you know, there are a handful of times that that happens. And so um, a click is hugely helpful just because I feel like if nothing else, you're all on the same page about what the tempo is. Yeah. <laughs> like if nothing else. And so definitely yeah. uh, a click is, is hugely important to me. Yeah, yeah. So what are some things that you might need on stage or with your or mix or w- from a technical perspective that you could tell tech leaders that might help them execute? We have a lot of guys that execute their Sunday worship experiences every Sunday. Um, so is there anything there that you can say as a performer, here's what would help me in my mix? Here's what would help me know that I can lean on the tech person for this? Is there anything like that that you can uh, help us with? I love when somebody... Um, just for the sake of, well, this, there's, that, that could answer this in two ways. One, um, I'm assuming, you know, certain early mornings and things like that, you don't always have a bunch of extra time, um, especially because it's early or um, someone's running late and they don't get there on time to check their mix and things like that. And so for someone to go through and check you know, every pack or every mix and hear it from, and really put themselves in it like I'm the singer, Clearly, I need the vocal a little louder, but I still want to, you know, be able to hear everything. But if you're the drummer, like, 
you know, and then so on and so forth with every instrument. Have a rough hold-up um, saves a tremendous amount of time. I realize that's a huge luxury and that that can't always happen. But to have a rough mix pulled up and say, hey, you're the drummer. I've already got a mix for you that's got, you know, your your tom and your snare and your kick and your hi-hat and your overheads and blah, 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 blah. You know, already dialed in. But you may need way more guitar, but you may not. But, you know, here. And then they can just say, I need a little more of this, a little more of that, a little less of this, a little less of that. Because um, going through every, you know, everything that's on stage, it's time-consuming, and people can, you know, different personalities can be way, way more high-maintenance than other, others. And so just in an effort to save, you t- if, that's, if that's someone's area where they're like, man, I wish that didn't take so long every morning. Well, we have to get there so early because it takes so long. You know what? It, maybe if you could just dial in rough and then, you know, obviously go from there. And then if you're using consistent people, you kind of learn what they want. And then um, if there's ever, you know, the production team that has the technology to be able to save those mixes, mm-hmm. um, where regardless of what the song, this is basically how much you like of what. Um, we've, I've had several front of houses where it's, you know, a board or, or a, you know, I don't know all the specific terms to the gear, but that they can save they can save that, and they can just, okay, this is who's helping lead worship today, or this is who's helping be a part of this, and this is this is kind of the kind of mix that they like. It is so helpful. I, I prefer a rough that I can, you know, personalize a little oh, yeah. bit than starting from scratch, because starting from scratch, you can ask for a little bit of this and that and the other in your ears or in your wedge or whatever all day long, but you don't really know what, you need until you start playing a song and then you kind of have to almost go back to zero sometimes. And, and so I am always thankful when someone says, Hey, I've already had a rough pulled up for you. Um, kind of gauging on the fact that you're the singer. So you're going to need a little more vocal, but tell me what you could use more or less of. I, there's never been a time in my life that I felt like someone was like deciding for me something. It's always been, ah, thank you. Cause this is going to go by so much faster. Um, so that's just, you know, that's something that's, helpful to me that I always appreciate. But again, I'm, I'm a singer and you may talk to a drummer that says, uh, no, (laughs) but, um, but I do think it saves a ton of time just across the board. This has been an all access interview from 1230 media for more interviews, training and exclusive content for your production team. Visit 1230.media slash training. No man knows how or when his test will come. Greeting. You have to get your family out. I'm gonna get out of the car. My story would not be complete without two other families who each faced their own struggles. Say hi to Randy Hartley. It's nice to meet you, William. Pleasure to meet you as well, Mr. Hartley. Daddy has to work. Again? War is breaking out, and you're hiding behind your woman and your little hut. You know I have no choice but to join. For a fact that isn't ours. Your husband belongs to us. Everything okay up there? I'm just doing my best to provide for them. The best thing you can provide is you, Randy. Why did you want to be with me, Alicia, and not with us? That was the only way he could protect us. Get out of here! Stop! Get out of the car! This might be your best way out of here. I could never leave my family. Father! Andrea, open the door right now! These words cannot contain the love that I have for you. Till I see you again. It is time to face the truth. I won't let him take your life. Next! 
I worked nonstop just to provide all this. We are losing her! Still. Take me home! What is your problem? Why is my family falling apart? He must know what happened. Everyone is broken in some way, Andrea. Who knows how God will use your pain? You're beautifully broken. This was not your fault. It is not who you are. This came for you. I think it's time for me to make good on that promise I made to you. Holding on to the past will only destroy what lays before us. Now tell us the truth about what happened. Randy, I love you. True friends are always there for each other. You are very sneaky. We love surprises. <laughs> Your life is not where you've come from, but what you do with the days before you. Beautifully Broken, in theaters nationwide this Friday. Be sure to check out the movie Beautifully Broken. It's coming to theaters this coming weekend, so be sure to check that out. You can find more about the movie and get some free resources for your team at 1230.media forward slash beautifully broken. It's 1230.media forward slash beautifully broken. On the next Church Media Podcast. For more on the podcast, including links to Plum's book, album, and more, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. That's thechurchmediapodcast.com. You can click on episode 156 for the show notes for this episode. And on the next episode of the podcast, we will wrap our discussion up with Plum. We get into talking about worship leading and also performing for an audience. Be sure to be here for that. And thank you for listening this week. Go out there, guys, and create some incredible experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.